0: Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is the inspirational Mary Jane Flanagan, creative director and founder at MJ Inspire Limited. Coming up on today's show. MJ talks us through some tough, tough learning.
1: What do you mean you don't know? I could be running a brothel.
0: Phil reveals one of his more repeatable nicknames, I got the mickey taken out of me relentlessly for it because they used to just call me Mr Disney And MJ tells us the lengths you will go to to get a good environmental report
1: And the chefs are looking at my dad and they're looking at me and they're saying, why did you just kiss the health inspector?
0: All that and so much more as MJ talks us through her story and journey to date, as well as the incredible and inspiring work she's doing through lockdown to help job seekers at this tough time. In addition, look out for the many wonderful nuggets of wisdom from MJ and dare I say it, from myself too. Not to be missed. Don't forget, we launch a brand new episode each week telling the amazing and always amusing stories from hospitality. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and give us a like and a share across your networks. Let's share these stories as far as we can. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to the next edition of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. One of the objectives of the show when I I started this was not only to tell the amazing stories and journeys of the wonderful people that exist within hospitality, but also to shout loudly about anything incredible that, that comes along, any new ideas, innovations, and that sort of thing. Today, my guest easily fits into both categories, as I'm delighted to welcome to the show the founder and creative director behind MJ Inspire, Mary Mary Jane Flanagan should get that right. (laughs) Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, hi, Phil. Let's make it easy. Call me MJ. I thought everybody everybody
0: calls you MJ, don't they?
1: They do. They do.
0: No, that is much, much easier, especially at 9.21 in the morning when the coffee has not quite kicked in yet.
1: Or at midnight when the club you're running is slammed and you can just yell MJ. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I bet, yeah. So how are you anyway and how's things?
1: Do you know what? I'm marvellous, as I always say to people. I'm very lucky. Uh, Lockdown is tough, but I've had a huge learning curve. I've got a back garden. I have a running tap of frozen watermelon margaritas. So life could be a lot worse.
0: (laughs) You know, the the great thing about your reaction there when you said marvellous is the um, I remember way back when I still worked in in kind of operations and, and things is that I absolutely conditioned myself to no matter how I was feeling to just say wonderful. Mm. Uh, when people ask me how I wear, and that was, we always used to uh, got the Mickey taken out of me relentlessly for it because they used to just call me Mister Disney. As a result of it,
1: boom! I'm exactly the same. Yeah, people don't need to hear in hospitality our our issues or our problems. They're with us to have a good time.
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely, and and actually, it's just a little moment of joy you can give someone yes. by if if they're feeling a bit down and you just impart in, in this exuberance and positivity then it you know it plays its part in impacting them
1: it certainly does it certainly does and actually if you say it enough during the day you end up feeling it anyway
0: yeah absolutely it's the same old uh, thing about uh, the, the psychology around you know when you give somebody a smile yes you know they take it with them or whatever. i don't know what the actual cliche is but it's something along those lines
1: no no it is and their brain's conditioned to smile back it's part of our dna and before yeah. you know it they're smiling naturally
2: yeah i love and that the we're... ones
1: that don't probably need it more than others
2: yeah absolutely
0: i love that we're uh, we're two minutes and 47 seconds in and we're already talking psychology
1: yes <laughs> splendid
0: so just give us a, a a quick snapshot if you would of of what you you do under the the banner of MJ inspire
1: okay so company formed in 2016 and our mission is to help organisations and individuals be the best that they can possibly be, through strategy, learning and development, and of course, inspiration. Yeah. And it can be coaching one to ones. It can be working on the strategy of main boards, opening new hotels, running conferences. The I ran the Toot and Glen iconic hotels conference. About a month before lockdown, wow! For two days with uh, Sir Clive Woodward. I mean, that was fantastic. Oh,
0: that sounds amazing.
1: I It really was. God, I get to speak with some amazing speakers.
0: Yeah, yeah. Put me on your invite list for future uh-huh. events.
1: Yeah, definitely. And Tuden Glen is always a joy. It's my happy place.
0: Yeah, I've never actually been. It's um, it's on the hit list for sure.
1: I. Th- thoroughly recommend it it's not stuffy it's relaxed very very chilled and the food and the wine are superb
0: yeah i know it's it's a sort of benchmarking how to do country house hotel
1: yeah yeah but to be fair you know cliveden whatley hey i love the pig yeah they're all just you know they do what we all do best they make us feel fantastic
0: yeah yeah, and that's you know, that's hospitality in a nutshell right there, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks very so, much
0: for coming on the show.
2: That'll, oh, that'll no, it. it's great yeah. to be here. <laughs>
1: I'll just add quickly that I don't just work with hospitality. I've got global IT clients, banking right. firms, uh, a national veterinary hospital chain are my current clients. Of course. Who knew?
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I you know, they, they can all do with inspiration, I'm sure.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Great stuff. Okay. So well, before we get on to kind of talking about the the excellent work that you've done, I suppose as a result of the situation that we find ourselves in, I wanna wanna go all the way back to the beginning. And I'd love you to to walk us through your journey and, and to how you've ended up doing what you're doing.
1: Okay. Okay. And I, I'll I'll put a few funny stories in and try Please not to make it too long. You know, I won't do the and in nineteen seventy-three <laughs> So um Parents bought a guest house in Brighton when I was 12. So you could say I grew up in the industry, uh, waitressing on Brighton Seafront. And um, from there, decided to study hospitality in Huddersfield. And then on graduation, um, had to come back to London and find a job. Yeah. And I was thinking about this this morning, because back then, I'm very old. You didn't have the internet. (laughs) You know, I was in the, the Huddersfield Library. Looking at the caterer or the grocer trying to get information.
0: My life. I remember and that.
1: I remember one of the jobs I applied for, for a salary, assistant manager, six and a half thousand pounds a year. Wow. That was the starting salary, was for Rishu restaurants. So that really upmarket restaurant chain, one in Piccadilly with Michael Da Costa. And I remember coming down for the interview, you know, I'm trying to look my best. And, walk into his office, I was absolutely petrified. You know, a one-page CV, because I've got no experience other than the waitressing on Brighton Seafront. And yeah, and he said, tell me about my business. And I just looked at him blankly and said, well, I, I, I don't know. He went, what do you mean you don't know? I could be running a brothel. Get out of here and go and find out about my restaurants and come back in an hour. Fair enough. I thought, oh, my God, I've lost <laughs> the job before the interview, went yeah. to the local restaurant, Rishi restaurant, had lunch, interviewed the restaurant manager, went back, told him about his restaurants and got the job. Right. And then never took it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but well, um, there's a, yeah. a lesson straight away though, right? In,
1: Absolutely um, do your research. Be prepared. And so I then actually went on to my first restaurant, was a restaurant called Tarts on Chiswick High Road, a burger joint. Right. It, it did look like a brothel, actually. It had a big That's... red sign, and
0: and has a, a brothel's name as well.
1: But uh, and of course, I thought I ruled the world. Straight out of college, I know how to run restaurants. Then you go and run one. Within a month, I was the manager. Right. And um, boy, we know how to ho- to work hard in hospitality. But there were lots of instances. Had somebody run through a plate glass window, blood everywhere, middle of service. Goodness. Once got held up and I'm there in the middle of service, I've got somebody with a knife to my throat and I'm yelling instructions. Call the police, lock the tills, don't let the chefs out of the kitchen because I was worried they'd come out with knives. Yeah. And table four wants a bottle of Chardonnay. And I remember yelling all this stuff. And anyway, the police came and it was fine. But, you know, that's what happens. And then I just carried Goodness on with service. gracious me. So from there, ran various restaurants. I was Rocco Forte's troubleshooter for his in-house restaurants and his Isimo Scarto fresco chain. Ran down Mexico way because I wanted club experience. And we opened the first gaucho grill in the basement of down Mexico way, actually. Right. Then went on to, got headhunted, went on to set up the All Bar One chain and ran that for the first three years, which was fantastic. We played the music we wanted to hear. We drank the wine we wanted to drink. It was everything we wanted in a bar, which is why they're still going today.
0: I was going to say, they're still going strong.
1: Really strong, yeah. And then worked my way up to MD and operations director and D of Tiger Lills, um, working for the fantastic Alan Lorimer, who now owns Piano Works. Yeah, he is one of the nicest guys in our industry. He's a superstar and taught me so much. Um, then uh, set up a chain of bars for Robert Earle and got made redundant. So right. I know exactly how it feels. I was 24 years old, so I was still quite young, and thought, what the hell am I going to do? Yeah. So I went off, studied for all my wine exams, and went travelling around Europe. Great picking. Problems. Came back and he gave me a job at 5151 as a wine buyer. So I got to have a love of American wines. And um, then moved into learning and development, actually. I uh, started to work for Pencom, who, who owned the service that sells brand. And the English franchise was run by Michael Gottlieb. Okay. So one day I got a call saying, name your hours, name your price, just work for us. And I just had my son. He was 10 months old at the time. So went off to do that a couple of days a week, then went on to work as training director for Learn Purple, uh, Purple Cubed as it is now, Jane Sunley, and then set up my own business, as I say, in 2016. So really went from operations through to consultancy, but I will always be an operator. I mean, being a caterer, it's in your soul. Mm. It's, it's in your heart. You're born with it. You're not made. You're made better, but you're born with it. Why, why would we do it? So now I, I, I literally train and develop and strategize for lots of industries. But with those lessons from hospitality, you know, there's nothing like running down Mexico way. You know, it's a 250 seater restaurant, four floors club. And believe me, stag nights, hen nights and tequila what yeah. a
0: combination yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure well I, there's a, a a line that's going in the intro for sure um that, that, <laughs> absolutely that's a belter it it feels on that, that i mean that's obviously the the short version of mm-hmm. uh, of your your journey it feels like jobs came kind of easy to you i mean you just you mentioned there a couple of times that that people were you know offering you yeah jobs before you'd kind of even stopped to think about it
1: Yeah. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, I'm very social and I've always networked. Yeah. And something that's really important that people could learn now is always do favors for people and expect nothing in return. Just do it. Yeah. So the reason why I got that call from Michael Gottlieb that time was because we were actually running competitor restaurants. I was at Down Mexico Way. He had his Dover Street restaurant, but I helped them out sometimes. And he never forgot that. That's how he knew me. Yeah. So, you know, get around and never upset anybody. It's a very, very small industry. Yeah. So be somebody that people want to be with. Down Mexico way I applied for, I I looked at my CV and realised I had a gap with high volume sort of nightclub experience. And so I went to a portfolio at the time and said, okay, These are the five properties I want to work in. Don't mind which one it is. You know, they were all the clubs at the time, Los Locos, Down Mexico, where I said, I'm not in any hurry, but when a vacancy comes up in one of those, can you ring me because I'll take it. Mm. So what I also did, I was quite strategic in my career where I would fill gaps. So a bit like when I got made redundant, I realised I was running wine bars, but had no wine, wine exams so i decided to go off and do that yeah what working yep. for in between all that um tarts was actually owned by crust which was then bought out by kennedy brooks which was then bought out by fortes which is how come i ended up working for fortes but within that there were some real fine dining restaurants i mean roy ackerman was part of that you know they had frere jacques was part of their chain so i also within that had some fine dining experience as well yeah so I was trying to hit each box to give me a real range of expertise.
0: Yeah. Do you know what the the interesting thing about that about being strategic? I think that's a, a pretty key factor. I think in really truly knowing what direction you want to head in and where you know where you want to go. But equally, I I've found my experience is that you've also got to be open to the left field things that come your way because they can also take you off into something that perhaps you hadn't even thought of so getting that balance is is, I think absolutely key in moving forward
1: without doubt and especially today where I think people are going to need to be more flexible more agile and they may have to take something out of left field but guess what they might love it
0: yeah absolutely
1: you know so you you just don't know and I know since I've Started M J Inspire. Some of the consulting jobs I've taken have been really left field. I had to fly out to Riyadh to train the team that were opening Nobu out there. You know, and I'm a girl that likes a glass of wine, so yeah. you can imagine wasn't necessarily my first choice. Yeah. But having said that, what an experience! I was there for about five days. I learned so much. I had to wear a, a Habib eleven hours a day. Mm. That was hard going because I'm not used to it. But I also got to interview some of the women on my course, they were mostly men, but I had four women. One actually was a finance director. And I really got to understand the dynamics of um, some of the Arabic culture, Arabic families. And my biggest question to them was, how should teams treat you in the UK when you visit? Because we're all we know what we think we know, but you tell us. Yeah, you know, and then I use it in my training. You know, it's so interesting. Probably wouldn't go back, but I don't need to. I've been there now. Yeah, but who knows? I might tomorrow because I might get asked. So
0: yeah, the interesting thing about that is is that the there's actually a, a really great business lesson there as well, in the sense that a lot of businesses form the the crux of the the business out of their you know their own idea as to what i would like and there's nothing absolutely nothing wrong with that that's a a really great place to start but if you really want to then move it forward you've got to you've got to go out to market and go okay so that's what i want to give you Mm. what do you actually want that kind of fits within this and how can i evolve that and make it better and that's exactly the concept of what you're talking about there about just being able to you truly understand the, the guests that are coming into your business.
1: Yeah, I really understand them. And, and not from a textbook. You know, you've really, really got to discover these things firsthand. And I yeah. have to say, anybody that's entering the industry now, albeit it's a bit harder these days, but I'd travel. I would now, if I was entering, I'd go and work in as many countries as I could to as learn from as many countries as I could yeah, and then come back to the UK.
0: Yeah, I think that's wonderful advice. And I, I'm kind of a, a product of that ethos myself. Um, mm. I haven't been lucky enough to, to get a job on a cruise ship as a 21-year-old.
1: Oh, yes.
0: I can't imagine a better career at that time of life when you're getting yes. started in, in hospitality because it just, one, it, it sort of exposes you to high volume, high intensity hospitality. But also the the being able to wake up somewhere new every morning and Mm. you'll get the opportunity, even if it's only for a couple of hours, to just go and experience culture and experience a different way of doing things, seeing things. It really does broaden your mind. um, And I think it just prepares you and gives you a a lot more balanced view of things, I think.
1: I think so. And, you know, it, it helps with your tolerance, you know, inclusion, I have to say, if I see a CV and maybe they haven't had a lot of hospitality experience, but they've travelled a lot. When we were opening all one, all bar one, those are the people we took on. Yeah. Because we knew that they would be interesting and interested, and they had life skills. Yeah. And we were very rarely wrong in those choices.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I've 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 had a couple of people on on here talking about the way that they recruit and uh you know I, I think there's an awful lot of you could ask a lot of people and they'd give you a, a very similar answer which is let's hire for attitude over skill oh, well. but actually the reality is when it comes down to it when people are under pressure that they'll they'll revert to recruit for skill because it's perceived as a a lesser risk but in actual fact i think if you if you start with the attitude then everything else really does fall into place skills the can problem be taught
1: with skill is the skill could be the skill they've learned elsewhere, and it's not how you want to deliver a service. Yeah. So then you have to unteach them everything and then reteach them, and that isn't always the best idea. Whereas if you hire for attitude, they're generally much more open. Yeah. And fun, actually. Absolutely. <laughs> always going to have a bit of fun in there somewhere.
0: Yeah, and you know the the other thing about about that is is that the you know, we we shouldn't expect people to hire people into roles for them to stay there for the rest of their life because that's not what they are thinking. So and you I'm... then need the attitude to be able to say, okay, so this person's come in as a restaurant manager, but you know, actually we need to figure out a way to get them to, to develop into you know, other areas of the business uh, and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah, uh, many years ago uh, when I was working for Purple Cubed, I used to run team brief training for stadiums. In fact, you name the football club, you name the sporting event, I was probably there running team brief training. And to sometimes hundreds at a time. Yeah. And I, I absolutely loved it. it. You know, I'm a big Chelsea fan, so couldn't think of anything better than going to Chelsea, for example. Oh, you
0: you lot are playing my lot this weekend. <laughs>
1: uh, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I remember being in Liverpool and Anfield, but we also had Aintree there, race course, teams there as well yeah and they're going into groups and the idea is because there's thousands that come on a rate on a match day and so you have about a hundred or so team leaders that will deliver a five to 15 minute team brief you know that rah rah at the beginning of a shift that I am so passionate about yeah and so you put them into teams and I remember one team just blew it away so he had to this lad had to then deliver that brief to 120 people in the room. He downloaded music to his his iPhone. I mean, he'd really gone for it as right. a kid. And it was all about the game's not over until the game's over. And he was actually talking about David Beckham. He had us in tears. There was, And this was all in the space of about seven minutes. Yeah. It transpired that this lad was actually a kitchen porter, but he was studying law at university and it was a part-time job. After that training, they he was no longer a kitchen porter. He spent every season just going around every department delivering team briefs. Brilliant. And I love that because you don't know who you've got. You really need to get to know your team yeah. because, boy, do they have strengths.
0: For sure. And that's the thing. You don't pigeonhole them into something. That's your job and that's no. the end of it. Let them exist, let them, you know, emit whatever they've got to emit. And, you know, some won't want to emit and that's fine. Yeah. But also there, I mean, that story kind of highlights the, the age old arg- argument of can you inspire through words or or is it actions? And obviously I think it, it's both.
1: It's both. It's got to be both. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, just look at the, uh, I'm a massive rugby fan and p- yeah. specifically the the biggest event in world sport for me is when the the british and irish lions come out mm. to play and that only happens once every four years which makes it very very special yeah there's a, a dvd comes out or a blu-ray i suppose let's keep keep up with the times or a download whatever it is um every time they do a behind the scenes documentary of the the build-up to the tour the tour itself what oh, go, what yeah. goes on in the dressing room on the training ground and all of that sort of thing and you get this insight into that moment before a match when you need to bring everybody together yes. to all fight for the same purpose. And it's exactly the same principle as when it's maybe not quite as the same sort of battle, but it is going into a service. Yeah, you know, no, you,
1: I, you wanna... I think it is. Yeah. I, I think it is. I mean, team briefs originated. There were stump speeches and it was during the american civil war when they were fighting each other and they would go from town to town and they would stand on a tree stump and they would try and keep the troops they had and get more and so they would entertain on this stump and you know you know you know do it for us well it's exactly the same thing mm. it, you know it's just evolved slightly but you are essentially going into battle yeah you know with all the adrenaline and power that you're that you're gonna need yeah uh, having heard that you're uh, you're a rugby fan and obviously having just um this conference with sir clive woodward yeah and two, and there were a lot of lessons that he gave during that conference but one of the my favorite he said you either win or you learn yeah you never lose
0: yeah well he uh he's probably Obviously, everybody knows him for his great success in the 2003 World Cup, mm-hmm. uh, and that you know that that was a journey though. That wasn't just a that just they didn't just arrive at being the best no. team in the world, but also he w- his tenure of the Lions was the the worst in history. Um, so uh, he took a lot of learning from that. Yeah, very different beast taking uh, a team of the same nation together and getting them going in the same direction. But when you pull you know four nations together yeah and you've got four weeks to put this together I mean that is a task
1: oh blimey absolutely absolutely
0: anyway that's that's not hospitality so um, <laughs> that's that's not. Just it's just indulging in my uh <laughs> my loves interesting yeah. you said earlier on about about adding value about you know giving something without expecting something in return and I th- I'm really 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 on board with this Yes. Because I, I think you know, these things have a habit of coming back to you when you least expect it.
1: Yes. Yes. You know what? Have gained a reputation for doing good. Yeah. You know, at the beginning of lockdown and, you know, like many in our industry, it, it's not just the restaurants that are suffering here. It's anybody that supports those restaurants or hospitality, should say hotels yeah. and what have you. So as a consultant whose business is primarily hospitality, yeah, you know, we've all been hit. Mm. But you can go two routes on this. You can either say, I'm gonna hunker down, I'm gonna go under the covers and I'll come out when this is over. Or you can say, actually, do you know what? I'm gonna do what I can when I can to help the industry and I I'm not gonna charge for it. I will just do it. Yeah. You know, I I jokingly say you can't call yourself MJ Inspire unless you're willing to inspire people constantly. <laughs> that's fair so so you know from from literally the minute of lockdown i was running free live facebook training sessions Mm. never done it in my life i all i had is what we had in the garage because you couldn't get any equipment from amazon because everybody sold out within you know an hour of course yeah i had my son my phone my son's phone luckily two stands that I had I luckily had a projector screen and a projector from the 1600s and cobbled together the training which went on to you know Facebook live and Instagram live just to be able to inspire all those clients and all those teams that were now stuck at home
0: yeah probably need the inspiration more than ever before
1: yeah and it's like having a party you don't know if anybody's gonna turn up Mm, yeah and you're watching your phone and suddenly you start seeing all these comments and hearts come through and you think, oh, my God, there are people here. They're listening. Yeah, they're still available on my Facebook page, by the way, Skills Bootcamp by MJ Inspire. One's a, one is how to inspire and motivate remote teams and one is how to work from home successfully. Yeah. And, then you know, one minute energizers, three minute videos. I did a cribs of my office, just anything I could to make people smile brilliant really important
0: yeah totally and I, you know there was um there's another great podcast out there obviously I'm saying that because that then implies that my podcast is great as well but um of course. Uh, I don't know if you've listened to smash the box
1: oh I've heard about it yeah. I'm writing
0: it down actually yeah put it put it on the list uh, Mark yeah. Pitcher is the um is the the guy who, who does that and Mark was kind enough before i started this podcast to give me some some of his time to for me to just chew the fat really on the the yeah. pros and cons of podcasts and you know what to look for and what not to and, and all of these sorts of things and one of the big takeaways for me was he it's just genius he says his um, his marketing plan is number 1 add value number yes. number 2 add value
1: add value
0: number 3 add value yeah and that was it and I just thought you know that resonates with me so much more than this is definitely not the time to be asking people for business everybody is fighting a battle at the moment and I think that the people who are going out there and knocking on people's doors to to try and you know Mm. take business from people I think it's you Mm. know there are ways that you can go around that and I think it's a time for relationships more than ever before
1: yeah actually you've um and you've reminded me of something and they deserve a big shout out the contract caterers got together because they decided just that we are not going to go into um, competition with each other yeah we are going to come together and they formed the food service circle which is food service circles available actually through the uk hospitality website right and what they realized is there's all this fantastic stuff out there often for hoteliers and restaurateurs but not necessarily for contract caterers. So they've joined forces to put together a website that has jobs, that has My Job Seekers Toolkit on it, that has tips, tools, videos from all the owners across all contract caterers. And this is the first time that they've ever come together in such a way And because they said, we have just got to help this industry in any which way we can. Yeah. And I remember Wendy Bartlett ringing me and on a Saturday morning saying, "How do you feel about donating the job seekers toolkit?" And I said, "Done." She went, "I haven't finished the sentence yet. I still <laughs> don't care." Yes, right now, yes, let's do this. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, so anybody that's in contract catering is concerned. Go take a look at that site, Food Service Circle. You won't regret it. They're really gaining momentum with it.
0: Yeah, well, it's a prime example as well of. What good can come out of adversity? There's usually always good. I mean, there's always bad, of course. That's the uh-huh. nature of the word. But the 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 amount of good stuff that's come out of this tough time. I actually um yesterday I was on a, a feed uh, on LinkedIn and a conversation, and I just out of the blue, this little saying came came into my head, which was, "When the going gets tough, the tough add value." Yes, um, I and I thought, "Oh, write that down." Yeah, do that's you know tough. what?
1: I'm, I'm- using that as well yeah, That's <laughs> fine. With it. there we For go sure. I'm, I'm adding yeah. value you see
0: yeah so you you mentioned the job seekers toolkit there yeah. uh, talk us suddenly got it in yeah there. very good <laughs> nicely done this is you're strategically <laughs> working your way through this conversation very nicely um talk talk us through that
1: okay so as i said i committed to doing as much as i could to help this industry that i love yeah. so one of the things I realised was that with all these redundancies and sadly many more, there are an awful lot of people out there that will be having to re-enter the job market that are scared That um, at all levels, yeah. kitchen porter all the way up to director. Yeah. But also, I'm not earning any money. So the original idea was to build a learning management system on my own website. Never done any of this before. Record learning videos and actually sell it at a highly subsidized price. I mean, dead cheap, off the shelf to organisations, so that they could put their whole teams through it. Yeah, and it would work out about I don't know thirty p a person. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah. What I realised was, and some people did buy that the good the good guys. But what I realised was the people that needed it most were the ones that whose companies weren't going to buy it. Yeah. And we all know who those companies are. And I thought, I've got to give them access because they really need this. Mm. And then thought, well, I can't sell it to one half and not the other. I don't want to do two different levels. That doesn't work. So for two weeks, I was really battling with myself. And then Wendy Bartlett rung me. And they had already bought it. She was one of the first people to buy it. And she said, look, will you donate it for free to everybody else? And I said, yes. And it was like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. The hardest thing was telling two companies that had just bought it that they didn't have to pay for it, that I was going to give it to them at zero cost, which I think made my husband cry, oh, bless. <laughs> no income, but yeah. it was the right thing to do. And do you know what? I have never looked back. So far, over a thousand people have accessed it. Great. I have also now run it as live sessions for some of my clients free of charge as well. I actually did one on Tuesday that was pure joy. And this morning, one of the people on that course set up his LinkedIn and asked me to follow him. Brilliant. So let, let me tell you a little bit about what it is. Yeah, It says accessible through my website at com. It's front and center. So you don't have to go searching everywhere for it.
0: Yeah, I can vouch you for that when register. I was doing my, uh, my research. Front and center. There it is. Yeah. Done.
1: Right, right in your face. Yeah. Um, you have to register, but that's purely because of spam. And you might have to do that twice because sometimes it, 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 it kicks it back, but then it, you'll get through the second time. And you're faced with four 20 ish minute learning sessions. I think this one's 24 minutes, one's 23 minutes. It has to be less than half an hour per session. I am actually went on to study psychology and honours in psychology. So I know the optimum learning time is actually 30 minutes.
0: I was going to talk to you about that, so we'll come back to that.
1: Yeah, okay. So what you do is you you start off, your first session is adopting a positive mindset. Notice I said the word adopt because you can't just change your mindset. You've just been made redundant. You feel like crap. Your world's gone to pot. What the hell do you do? And I'm a huge fan of cognitive behavioral therapy and building tools and techniques to help you survive. So all of these sessions have tools and techniques in that will help you. So that first session is about how you get your confidence back. Breathe, you know, uh, tell some stories. Tell them how mine got made redundant. So that first session is just what on earth do you do now? Mm. How do you survive? We then move to, right, let's get your CV built, shall we? And it's really practical. So there's a presentation, but they can see me. Um, in the corner, the window, and there's ac- there's activities. So, for example, I'd bring up a CV, a really bad one, and say, right, now pause me. Right, how many mistakes can you see? Right, press start, now have a look. And it really is practical, and it takes them from a blank piece of paper to having a CV. Yeah. And I actually talk about um, applicant tracking systems, and just how they work so because so many a recruitment agencies and now businesses will put a CV through an applicant tracking system and even the best person may not get through that
2: yeah well that's, for example that's a shambles in itself
1: you may not get through it yeah. you'll get kicked out no matter how good you are so i talked through that and how you can adapt your CV accordingly and cover letters from that we then move to it's not what you know, it's who you know. So how do you network in this day and age? And I actually screen record me setting up a LinkedIn account. So I show them how to do it, how to put the open to work on, how to get endorsements, how to request connections, how to reject connections. So really practical, let's get your LinkedIn set up if you do nothing else. Mm. And, but also how to use other social media. And then, for example, top tip for everybody, if you're going to apply for a job, Google yourself, Google your name and Google your image and make sure that there's nothing that comes up that you don't want a prospective employer to see. And you should really be doing that at least once a month. Now, what you do want to come up is what you want people to see. So if you've you know won competitions or you're a great chef and you cook great food, Flood the internet with fantastic photographs, food articles, because that will come up if anybody searches you. Yep. From that, it then moves to, great, you've got an interview. Now what do you do? So again, really practical tools about relaxing, about you know, how you answer questions, questions you should answer. Yeah, really, I'm an operator. So it's incredibly, incredibly practical and suited to everybody from a kitchen porter to a director. It's pitched right across. Yeah. They can take it in any order. They can pause it. They can go back to it. They can and they can go in as many times as they like and it will be free from. That's it. I'll never charge for that one. It will always be free for people. That's great. Even those out, you know, you don't have to be in hospitality to do it. Yeah. So and what I'm hearing, I'm now beginning to get people telling me they're getting jobs as a result of it that they're just beginning to trickle through now That's the comments have been fabulous one of my favorites because i'm actually not a fan of online learning um I think ironically too remote, <laughs> I, think too, I, I just oh electronic voices drive me mad yeah so it's very much me chatting and at one point i say now go make yourself a cup of coffee put me on pause All right come back let's just recap where we are it's that kind of style and I can remember Murray Soper who works in HR for Bartlett Mitchell he's I asked him to go through it all for me and give me comments and he said he put me on pause went made two cups of coffee and came back because he made one for me
2: oh, bless. because
1: it felt like I was in the room yeah and that's what I want for people because it's incredibly scary actually even doing online learning it's pretty scary for some people yeah so yeah it's but there are other elements to it I'm going to add two more little 10-minute sessions. One is how to make a video CV. I'm actually going to question a videographer to give me tips. And I'm also doing another one, which is around life plans, how you work out your life plan, how you get some life order together. Yeah, And there'll be two little 10-minute bonus sessions if people want to do them. That's great. Now, in addition to all of that, since the beginning of lockdown, I have been interviewing the great and the good from our industry. Yes. mentioned earlier on Rachel Stevens is one of them.
0: This was uh, on my list to talk about, so go right ahead. Excellent. So (laughs) it's three
1: questions in three minutes. So what I've been doing is emailing five questions to hundreds of hospitality and facilities professionals and asking them to answer three of them. CV tip, networking tip, interview tip, favourite book, most inspiring person. At the beginning, lockdown tips. Mm. They record them on their own mobile phones and send them to me. And then I post them twice a week on YouTube. Yeah. So at the moment, there are 42 on YouTube. Everybody from Joanna Taylor-Stagg to Danny Peccarelli to uh, Facilities, Terry from Lloyds of London, Head of Facilities, Lloyds of London, All sorts of people. Um, I've got also another 40 in the bag, and I will continue to post them. Brilliant. Now, what we are doing is we're taking little mini clips of those, and we're adding them into the training now. So I'm video editing them in, or I'm doing little mini videos. I've just done one for interview skills, where I clip together some of the top tips. For example, Angus Brydon, again, Bartlett Mitchell, says, don't waffle, which I love. I absolutely love. And I'll do some more of those. I'll do a little CV montage, a little interview montage, a little networking montage.
2: Yeah,
1: And all of those are available on my YouTube channel at MJ Inspire as well. And they also enhance that training.
2: That's
0: great. No, absolutely. and Because I think the thing is, is that there is an awful lot of knowledge out there. And once again, actually, if we come back to the point about businesses starting something because they're passionate about it you can actually Mm. apply the same methodology to your career yeah you're just because you think that this is what people want to see on the cv that might not actually be the case so Mm. you're better getting the advice from people who are going to be reading your cv yes and the actual fact i um had done a little bit of cv writing in my time and the one thing Mm. that i always said to people when giving them advice is, is that you have to put yourself in the shoes of the person who's going to read it
1: absolutely
0: how are they going to get the information that they need from you quickly if they've got yes. 150 cvs to get through or or whatever you know you've got to give yeah, them no, that information right. quickly
1: yeah and um, in fact there you go i'm going to put you on the spot on air will you answer three questions in three minutes for me if i send you the criteria
0: absolutely for sure
1: yes. i was hoping you would do that <laughs> do this all the time I've got about, Um, I've got
0: about 60 questions I could probably answer on this subject.
1: Yeah, I think you probably have. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And something that people should be aware of is that somebody that they may have an interview with could have recorded three questions for me. So it's really worthwhile going to my YouTube and subscribing and going through the list because you will hear firsthand what they want.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that,
1: you know, I certainly didn't have that when I went to see Michael De Costa in the 1980s. No. I
0: Imagine the power of that. You're sat in front of Danny Picker... Oh. I can't even pronounce his surname. Pecarelli. That's the one. Yeah, sorry, he's going to kill me for that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, and, he, you know, his uh, word of advice is, and then you're in an interview with him and you say, well, I remember when you said that you were... Exactly. Blah, 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 and all of a sudden he goes, well, you've done some research.
1: Yeah, and, you know... If they recommend a book, they, and the books they're recommending are brilliant, you know, and uh, uh, um, Andrew McKenzie course, Setting the Table, Why Wouldn't He? We all love that yeah. book. You know what? Go read the book. Borrow it off somebody. Yeah. Because then it will give you something to talk about. I, I, I noticed that you recommended that book. I actually went and read it. Thank you. It gives you something to talk about. Yeah. That will make you stand out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And actually standing out is going to be more important than ever because the the flip that's happened in the job market in in six months as you know six months ago it was very easy to pick the job because there wasn't enough people for the jobs but now we're going to have exactly the opposite situation so all of this time where you might have been thinking well it's quite easy to to get that done now Mm. you're gonna we've gone back to how it used to be which is that how do i make myself stand out from the crowd yeah
1: And I think something else that's really important is that we have so many transferable skills. Now, I don't want to lose people out of the industry. This is the industry I love. But I also know at the moment people need to work. You know, Anthony Bourdain said this. Think about all those skills you have, the capacity for sheer hard work. Jesus, we work hard in our industry and we're proud of it. We can read people you know, we're e- economists, we're rev people, we're data driven. We, You know what, there isn't a role within hospitality that isn't out there in the wider market. And so just think about all those incredible skills that you've, you know, learned over the years, yeah. and no matter what role you are, because you can use them elsewhere. I'm living proof of that. I work across all industries now. They're you know, running global Service excellence courses for one of the biggest banks in the world, for example. Mm. So don't underestimate just how brilliant you are having worked in this industry. It, I, I, I'm so passionate about that.
2: Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. I, 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 you, you nailed it earlier on. And one of the first things that I would imagine it's tough to take in a time like this is that confidence takes a a bashing.
1: Really does.
0: So yeah, how do you how do you get your mental state? you know where it should be to to actually not come across as somebody who's in desperate need of something it's uh there is a psychology behind it which brings me nicely on to my next point yeah. um I, I, you've got a, a degree in psychology I believe
1: yes that's right yeah I um I was asked by somebody if I wasn't in hospitality and if I could go and live my life again what would I do yeah and I, I still love hospitality but I would have been a psychologist yeah and so they said, well, why don't you just go do it then? So yeah. I took myself off to night school, open university, it took me six years. But I came out with an, with an honours in psychology. And, you know, I'm so proud of that because, you know, that combined with hospitality, what a winning combination.
0: Mm. I was going to say that must add value to the work that you do
1: hugely I, you know I, I i could specialize in some modules i specialized in in uh counseling but what i can do is bring a bit of science to what i do i can also as i said i'm a big fan of cognitive behavioral therapy and i am not a cognitive behavioral therapist i'm just a fan of it yeah but, you know the the ethos behind it which is developing tools to help you overcome You know, confidence is a really good example of that. Now, I'm a huge fan of that because I'm a pragmatist. And what I've been told is I'm able to simplify the complicated. So I will take some of these incredible studies and then say, well, look, how are they relevant to our teams today or our leaders today? Hmm. So I definitely bring it into learning and development. Very much so, actually.
0: Well, I mean, psychology rules a lot. Yes, you I mean you're nothing without your your brain really being able to 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 move you forward in whatever that that be actually one of the, the I've written a blog piece on sort of similar points about you know, getting yourself in the right place yeah. to to go job searching and one of the things that I I always advocate is to do not drop an exercise routine yes. exercise for me is a massive it's massively helpful in yes. making sure that the brain is moving in the right direction.
1: Yeah. If you talk to Andrew Stenbridge about this, he is he's a brilliant person to interview by the way. Yeah. Um, he's passionate about the power of exercise and just for your mental health very much so. And he's right in our industry especially when we work hard we have to find space. And sometimes the way you find space is through exercise or walking or running or something that just can switch your mind to a different place. Absolutely. One of the tips that I talk about in giving confidence and and anybody that listens to this, it may help them. It's two things, really. Number one, your job has been made redundant, not you. Yeah. You are still the person, the brilliant person that you always were. And remind yourself of that. Number two, get a book and go and find every comment, every letter, every email that people have given you, giving you compliments and put them in those books so that when you're feeling down, just go back and remind yourself of that. Not to be arrogant, but you might need reminding of it. But the third one, and probably the most, and it sort of is my favourite book as well. um, Have you heard of Mel Robbins?
0: I can't say that I have.
1: Mel Robbins, TED Talk, CNN reporter, husband, ran restaurants. They were going through a really bad patch. The restaurants were going bust. And instead of being activated to help, she withdrew. And she just found herself at the lowest depths and had lost all confidence and couldn't find a way out of it. Mm. And one day she was watching a NASA rocket takeoff, satellite takeoff. Five, four, three, two, one, boom. And she thought, what if I were to do that in my own life so the next morning she set the alarm early when it went off in her head she went five four three two one feet out of bed she knew exactly what she had to do to get back on track whether it be exercise because we don't know an exercise five four three two one get out the door she picked up the phone she phoned the people she had to phone but each time she used the five four three two one and it worked by the way she's probably a millionaire by now TED talk authoress but she wanted to find out why it worked so she went to study neuroscience psychology again yeah and she discovered that when we are at risk and we are all at risk at the moment we will revert back to comfort to safety our brain is programmed to protect us yeah it doesn't want us to take risks so it can trick us so what happens is when you want to pick up the phone to apply for a job, your voice will try and protect you and go, no, no, don't do it. No, 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 no. They won't like you. Don't go there. But that voice doesn't kick in for between 10 and 15 seconds. If you can pick up the phone in five, press that email in five, you are more likely to do it. So, again, I talk about tools to help you with confidence. That is by far one of the biggest, easiest Tools I can give you that's brilliant. Five four three two one press send,
0: it's genius in its simplicity,
1: isn't it? Yeah. Now, you don't have to buy the book if you do. Can you buy it off my website because I <laughs> um, and at the moment, every 11p helps. Yeah, yeah, but actually, you don't have to buy the book. She's got a TED talk, just go watch her TED talk. I recommend everybody does it i will build your resilience i use it i'm using it at the moment i use it all the time
0: yeah well i think that's that's the thing right even for for those of us who are lucky enough to have a kind of positive outlook on on things there's Mm. still still days there's still moments whereby you know the alarm goes off and you you don't say five four three two one you go snooze (laughs) yeah and the, fun, the funny thing about this is, is that I, I div- I've never been a morning person. I actually mm. wrote another article on that very subject uh, a couple of years ago and actually how you don't have to be a morning person to, to, to be successful. It's about understanding your own patterns. Yes. But I, on the flip side of that, in lockdown, I totally became a morning person. And I don't know why. Mm. I've I've got no idea. But, but all of a sudden, my, my body clock went, it's okay, you can get out of bed at 6.30. Yeah. And... I then went on a break a few weeks back and I've come back and I'm no longer a morning person again.
1: Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm back into that when the alarm goes off. Oh, God, I've got to get up. But oh. not, it's not from a, a I can't face what I've got to do. I'm just, yeah. I'm just dead tired.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I am actually a morning person. Um, and when I was studying for my degree and, you know, I was still working full time, still had my family, I would get into London, if I was training at 9 or 10, I'd actually get into London by 6, 6.30 mm. and study. And I remember being at the Met Hotel. So Andrew Thompson was hotel manager then, and I think Orchard, uh, Tom Orchard was the MD. And I remember sitting, writing an essay in their reception area. It was about 6.30 in the morning. And I put a post on social media saying, I bet not many OU students are sitting in a five-star hotel writing their essay <laughs> at 6 o'clock in the morning. And Andrew Thompson picked it up and he saw me on the camera and he delivered breakfast to me. That's brilliant. And with a little note saying, good luck with the study and here's here's a cup of tea on me. And it was so sweet. Yeah. So sweet. I love it. Proper
0: hospitality right there.
1: I was just about to say, that's what hospitality is about. That is about noticing. And it's those small things, but they make the most enormous difference. And, yeah, you know, people think you have to give lots of things away, but you know what? You don't. You just give a bit of yourself. Mm. You know, that cup of tea when I needed it the most, that little nod that says, God, I'm so impressed you're working so hard. Yeah. Brilliant.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So from your illustrious and, uh, and long, if you don't mind me saying that, career so far, yeah. have you got any funny stories you could share with us?
1: So, yeah, one of my favourites, and it was very early on in my career, I had to, I was trying to get the chefs to clean the kitchen and yeah, good luck. You know, they were cleaning it, but not <laughs> yeah. as well as I'd like. Right. Yeah, you know, I employed outwork musicians more than chefs in that particular restaurant. And I thought, right, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll phone my dad and I'll get him to wear a white coat and I'll get him to come in with a clipboard and pretend he's a health inspector. <laughs> and I gave him a script and I said to him at the end, you've got to say to me, you've got uh, 52 days to correct this. So he does it and he walks out and I say to the team, right, you know, this is it, guys. We're going to all weekend. I think we were closed on Sundays. We are going to scrub this place spotless. And of course, it worked. Yeah, Brilliant spotless kitchen. And then, you know, but then, of course, it's my birthday about three months later. So in walks, my mum and dad. Yeah. And I had an open kitchen. And the chefs are looking at my dad and they're looking at me and they're saying, why did you just kiss the health inspector? Hello. (laughs) And I went, ah, boys, let me tell you something. (laughs) (laughs) I could never do it again. That was for sure. Yeah. But yes, yes. And uh, lots of stories from down Mexico way. I I, I do remember we used to have to turn tables and we had a particular table two top and they wouldn't move. And I had 50 people in reception for a party right. and this two top wouldn't move. And I do not advocate this now and I don't put it in my training. But their bill was like, I don't know, 40 quid, 50 quid. It wasn't a lot. And in the end, I just had enough. And I walked over to the table, picked up the bill, tore it up, said, this one's on me. Now, F off out my restaurant. I <laughs> had 50 people downstairs that were about to walk out. I thought, I can't do it. I have to have them in. Yeah. So, yes... Walking into hotel rooms where people were, you know, or you name it, yeah, you name yeah. it, we've been there.
0: I do you know that the, the thing about this is that, that so many people I ask this question to now, and it is one of my favorite questions because I do love fun, and mm. but the the majority of the 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 fun things that happen you would never share in a a, a yeah. social public environment, other than if you're having a pint with your friends or something like that. Uh, but yeah. certainly not a forum like this. And I think that's, that's actually a really important message for me, actually, in terms of the the fun element is that mm. a lot of these fun things really, really stretch your comfort zone. Yes. I've been exposed to all manner of things when I worked on, on cruise ships that you just you get a, a phone call and you go, oh, God, what's this going to be now? Yeah, And you go and deal with it. And you're and it's like, you know, at the end of it, you've learned learnt something and then you can look back on it fondly. Mm. But that's that's massively important. These things are frequent. the 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 fun is frequent.
1: It's people, and when you deal with people, people are funny. Yeah, they are really funny. So, um, but you sometimes and often really can't share most of the stories yeah <laughs> You'd probably get taken to court they deny them no and yeah and you know they are and you get to the end of the day and you know you get to the end of that shift and you think oh my god what just happened yeah you know all bar one I remember running the door on all bar one in Sutton when we first opened them and I I, I ran the first one he had a Wetherspoon's opposite and um I remember it's Christmas. It's the Friday before Christmas, which is always a nightmare in any bar. Yeah. And I'm on the door with doorman and I look across and a doorman has grabbed a guy from inside, brought him out. He's thrown up on the doorstep and then the bouncer's thrown him back inside again. Oh. And I just think, I'm so pleased I'm running your pub. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I used to have, the police, the fire brigade, ambulance service all drink in my bars. I would encourage them to drink there. So I never had any problems because yeah. they were all my regular customers. But if yeah. I ever wanted anything, I knew who to go to.
0: Yeah, well, that's great. Because great networking relationship building right there in terms of. You know, Absolutely. If you need Although
1: I, I, I shouldn't really say this, but I, I will tell you one very little funny story. When we used to go for the licenses, we used to play a game. Which was you had to get a word in if you had to stand up and in doctor to to or you know, say what you were gonna do. So Mm. occasionally you'd get questioned and say, you know, well, what are you gonna do about the local environment? What are you gonna do about noise at night? That kind of thing. And I remember my word was elephant. And if you could get it in, you didn't have to buy lunch afterwards. Right. If we got the license. Yep. So I had to get the word elephant in. And I remember saying, well, one of our customers, uh, Miss Ella Fant, once said that <laughs> and the barrister just looked at me shaking his head and was like I don't believe you got it in there I do not believe you did that I think yeah. that was for the Richmond license
0: <laughs> that um reminds me of actually I, I wasn't personally involved in this but the um there, there used to be on on ships the the deck department would run these little challenges of trying to yeah. get a word in at the yeah, uh the, the right. midday announcement and I always remember one more than any other because it's a little bit blue, as they say. Yes. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say it anyway because it's uh, it, I thought it was hilarious at the time. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is the midday announcement. Um, as you know, we're pulling into Gibraltar today at two o'clock. One of the main points of Gibraltar is that um, you know it's got fantastic duty free. So if you're feeling really indulgent, you could. Maybe buy some jewellery, and if your wife's feeling particularly lucky, you could get her a pearl necklace. Oh, and that's that was what they had to get in. Now, yeah, yeah, that in yeah, itself, yeah, yeah. I was on reception at the time, serving guests, and the executive purser, who was, who, for all intents and purposes, would be the hotel general manager, yeah. came yeah. R- racing out of his office and was absolutely spitting bullets uh, about, ah. about this. <laughs> And we're all try- we're biting our bottom lip, you know, yeah. trying to, to keep it together. And um, the guy <laughs> did get reprimanded for that. But uh, nevertheless, it was a moment of joy.
1: It, um, it reminds me when I, I worked for Robert Earl, and the MD was Louis Macmillan. And we were in Hanover House, that was our head office. And I was a bit cheeky, I was quite young, yeah, I was quite cheeky at the time. And we had one of those awful answer phones where they'd put the tape in. Yeah, and playing Muzak yeah so it's comic relief so I changed the tape to a Billy Connolly sketch and the managing director who was out at the time phoned and he got put on hold he was phoned to speak to somebody else got put on hold and it was the Billy Connolly diced carrot sketch oh yes restaurant company and he gets back through to reception and says put me through to Mary Jane now. <laughs> and he said, I know it was you. Don't deny it. You're the only one that would have the guts to do this. Go down there now and take that tape out. Brilliant. Yeah, I didn't get sacked. I just got told off.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, you know, you've, you've, uh, it's, it's sometimes good to, to, to test the limits.
2: Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, I
0: think you also have to remember to have fun because there, there's a lot of... Serious moments where you have to be tuned in, yeah. switched on. Uh, the the fun and laughter give that uh, a release. Give it, a, yeah, a definitely. A moment and
1: of relax. you know, there's dark humour as well. I, I, my industrial placement was on Eastbourne Pier, and one of the training sessions was how to deal with dead people because so many people, you know, were very old and died on Eastbourne Pier. Yeah, so you're dealing with that one minute, and then you've got dark humour the yeah. next because it's the only way to survive.
2: Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Great stuff. Okay, well, if uh, you were to, if somebody, well, somebody to ask you why I should come into hospitality and start this as a career, what would you say to them?
1: It's fun, first and foremost. You will meet people and they will be your friends for life. We're a family. You will develop skills that are transferable to any other industry. It can take you all over the world. I travel all over the world. I often travel club class, paid by clients. And that is because I started in hospitality and learned those skills. Yeah. So, and, you know, it gets a bad rep. It really does. For but all the wrong reasons. For all the wrong reasons. Yeah. It's, you know, you don't work 24-7. You still have days off. Actually, I've always earned a good wage. But first and foremost... You will have the time of your life.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And actually, the point on, you know, working hard in this industry, I, I've said this before in a, a couple of chats, is that, that that does not define the industry. If you want no. get, to get on in any industry, you have to work hard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, lawyers, they work 24-7 all through the night. Yeah. You know, no, it's it's the best industry in the world, I think.
0: Yeah. I completely agree. We might be biased, but I don't care. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Superb. Okay, so if people want to reach out to you and and chew the fat and just learn a little bit more about what you do or take advantage of these wonderful uh, things that you're you're creating for people at mm-hmm. the moment, what's what's the best way for them to do
1: that? Go to my website, mjinspire.com. You'll find the job seeker's toolkit on there, you'll find out all about me. Say hello at mjinspire There's there. You can email me on that. Go to my YouTube channel. Please subscribe at MJ Inspire. That's also on Instagram and Twitter. And if you go to my Facebook page, it's Skills Bootcamp by MJ Inspire. And watch this space because I'm going to produce some more online learning to give supervisors the skills they need and some of those junior managers, the skills that they need as people are leaving, they're going to need to to really hone their leadership capability. Now, yeah. I may have to charge for those because this is the real world, but I promise it will be worth it and I'll add value.
0: Yeah. Well, you've been adding value in lots of different spaces. So I absolutely salute you for for what you've done in this Thank very you. weird time that we live in and anything I can do to help, then then please do let me know.
1: Thank you, but I'm gonna to keep to that three questions and I'm gonna email you them.
0: Consider it done.
1: <laughs> thank you, Phil. Fabulous. What what no a problem at all.
0: Yeah, lovely to chat. I'm pretty sure we could have carried on for another seven hours, but um but there we are.
1: Brilliant. Take care. Yeah. I will. And you, thank you. No
0: problem. Bye bye now.
1: Bye bye. Bye.
0: And there we have it. What an amazing body of work created by NJ through this strange time we live in. If you're out of work or under threat, then head over to her website for some superb resources. Thanks, MJ. Don't forget, we launch a brand new episode each week, so hit that subscribe button and give us a like and a share where you can. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.